You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football, we're the dudes that know football. And you've just crossed over into the Trend Zone. Casey here with Dave. We are the football dudes. Dude, are you ready, bro? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Next stop, the Trend Zone. It's Wednesday, November 16th. We're coming to you from Los Angeles, California. It's a beautiful 67 degrees. Dave, you handling that weather? Dude, city of angels. It's beautiful out here, man. Yeah, we're loving it. And in today's episode, we'll talk some Sunday satisfaction for Saturday. A little survivor. A fantasy <laughs> go back starts of the week. Some total fantasy domination in all of the awesome games from the upcoming week. But Dave, before we get to all that, bro, tell me you got some nugs for the people. Indeed. Casey, there have been 68 games decided by a touchdown or less. That's the most ever through 10 weeks all time, dude. And not only that, Dave, 12 of the 14 games in week 10 were within one score. Eight points in the fourth quarter. There have been 116 games within one score in the fourth quarter of the season. Guess what? That's also the most through 10 weeks in NFL history. And Casey, it's not over till it's over, right? Comebacks, come back, man. I'm telling you, five teams overcame deficits of at least 10 points last week to get the W, dude. There's been 32 games in which a team has come back from at least 10 points to win or tie. That's the most ever through 10 weeks of the season. And also, Casey, five games, five teams rather, came back to win after trailing in the fourth quarter on Sunday. There's been 46 fourth quarter comebacks in which a team has come back to win or tie after they've been trailing in the fourth quarter. That's tied for the most ever through 10 weeks of the NFL season. Wow, dude. It's just nail biters left and right, dude. Yeah, man. No lead is safe and uh, no <laughs> deficit is too big. And there's nothing guaranteed until the final whistle goes. But Dave, I do have a opponent's company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Tampa yeah. Bay Buccaneers defeated Seattle Seahawks 21-16 in Munich, Germany day. That's the first NFL regular season game played in Germany and Tom Brady over 250 yards and two touchdowns, one interception for a 111 passer rating, dude. Brady, no shocker here, 4-0 in international games, became <laughs> the first quarterback to start a game in three different countries outside the U.S., the first American quarterback to throw a touchdown in an NFL game in Germany, and wow. each of his three previous international starts, they came with the Patriots, Mexico City, and twice in London. Is there anything Tom Brady can't do? No, he celebrated with a little schnitzel there, I'm sure, right? And some bratwurst, okay. Yeah, He's, baby. <laughs> speaking of that game, Sunday's game featuring the Bucks win over the Seahawks in Munich, the viewers totaled 5.8 million, dude. That's the uh, most ever in, uh, a Lund in an international game uh, ever. It uh, surpassed the week five game, which was the Giants and Packers, Dan. So uh, props to uh, the Germans for getting out there and supporting the NFL. Look, there was word was there was tons and tons and tons of people that couldn't get in, dude. <laughs> Man, they want it. They love it. We're going to see more games in Germany. You yes, can book are. that, baby. Just let the people out there know the Trend Zone. That's the podcast you're listening to right now available for subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever the hell you get your podcast. Dave, you ready for some top trending stories, bro? Lay it on me, man. Oh, wait a minute. This just in. Dallas signs a former Browns free agent receiver. It's happening. <laughs> it's happening. Is this the OBJ thing we've been talking about, Casey? Oh, no. It's not. <laughs> It's uh, it's actually Antonio Callaway, Casey. Cal Antonio entered the entered the league as a Browns fourth round pick in 18. Casey, he's bounced around with the Colts, the Chiefs, and the Dolphins uh, before Miami cut him uh, not too long ago, and now he ends up landing on the Cowboys practice squad. We'll see if he can make his way onto the active roster. It'll be interesting. Yeah, speedster, uh, like the uh, the hippie lettuce there back in the day, that's no longer a problem with the NFL brass. So let's see what happens moving forward. Um, 
he does have a lot of talent. I'm not expecting, you know, many dividends right off the bat. You're not expecting a little spark? I would. I, hopefully he can spark it up, baby. We <laughs> shall see, man. But there is room for another receiver there that hopefully we get that word in a couple of weeks, man, because, yeah, we'll get to it. But, Dave, <laughs> this is a little bit of a shocker. Amazon Prime not delivering. What? But the good news is they could be down the road. Maybe. Yeah, Casey, after <laughs> – exactly. After Amazon uh, – said it would average 12 and a half million viewers for Thursday Night Football on Prime Video. Uh, they've disputed Nielsen's um, numbers, but they dipped to an Surely all-time Surely you got to be kidding, Dave. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding, Casey, and don't call me Shirley. Um, they averaged just 6.8 million viewers in the Falcons-Panthers matchup. That's the smallest audience of the entire 22 season. Currently, that brings their average viewership to under 10 million at 9.65 million. But of course, they disagree with these numbers. They think it's around 11.4 million. Either way, Casey, uh, you know, obviously some of these games have not been upped for, you know, primetime viewing, really. Mm -hmm. But the schedule is getting a lot better there. Um, You know, tomorrow night, we got the Packers and Titans. We got Bills and Patriots coming up, Raiders and Rams, eh, 49ers, Seahawks. That could have major playoff implications. And they're going to wrap it up with the Cowboys at Titans. And we know that there will be plenty of eyeballs on that game, Dave. Yeah, Casey, my issue with the whole Prime uh, video thing is a couple of things. First of all, horrible video quality at my house, digitizing like crazy, frozen screens, and then a touchdown that I missed a couple of weeks ago. And then it just appeared they were in the end zone. Right. And then additionally to that, I had the last three weeks, I've tried to start the game late. And the only things that offer me are watch live or resume, even though I hadn't already started watching. So I hit the resume button and it goes straight to live where I have to immediately rewind, try not to somehow see the score and ruin the game as I'm joining it two thirds of the way through the second quarter or whatever. Um, it's just really lame. I just don't, I'm way, way, way scared about next year's Sunday ticket go Sunday ticket going entirely streaming the quality of streaming. And I'm in Los Angeles from block to block. It varies significantly. And my block is horrible. Maybe it's time to upgrade from that AOL. I don't know. Maybe, but, you know. <laughs> but dial up isn't yeah. any good. <laughs> yeah. They got to figure that out in the interface. Um, with the pausing, that's why I haven't cut the cord on the DirecTV because I love my sports and I love to watch them in a time shift manner. So, so we'll see. Yeah, that gives me the uh, heebie-jeebies about when it goes to a completely digital um, provider. We shall see. But Dave, speaking yes. of Los Angeles, Larry H. Parker's coming for the NFL, bro. <laughs> He'll fight Parker. for you. It got me $1.7 million. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you what this is all about, Casey. Broncos linebacker Aaron Patrick tore his ACL on the sideline of SoFi Stadium. He was trying to avoid some uh, workers on the side, and he slipped on some plastic that was covering up some wires um, for the broadcast there. Uh, and then he just basically sued everyone involved, including the NFL, ESPN, and the Chargers, who are the home team that night, as well as the Rams, who own the stadium. Um Good news for the NFL is this is covered under the CBA and it'll likely be automatically go into uh, arbitration for them rather than be uh, settled in court. ESPN, however, isn't part of that CBA. And so they have a little issue uh, as to how they're going to handle uh, the situation. Uh, so we'll see how it ends up, man. Probably write him a fat check and all's well that ends well. He also pockets. lost. He also did lose half of his uh, season money on some kind of split get, um split contract or something so he only got paid for the first half of the season even though um he obviously got hurt he didn't get the second half of his contract sounds kind of bogus broncos broncos man trying to cheat the system and damn well dave it's not debbie does dallas it's dallas <laughs> does nielsen baby talking <laughs> ratings booms yeah well america's team kate casey continue continues to deliver the biggest chunk of American eyeballs in comparison to anything else that currently captures the simultaneous audience, the live viewing people. Casey, get into it. It's your Cowboys. Talk about this this whole Cowboys. Everybody loves a Cowboys story. Well, not everybody, Dave. Just 29.2 million average viewers on Fox. We're talking about the Cowboys and Packers at Lambeau Field. It's the biggest audience that's watched an NFL game so far uh, this season. 
and it just knocked the other game uh, from the perch of the most watched game, and that was Bengals Cowboys. Dave, I'm sensing a theme here, dude. Common denominator team with star on side of helmet. <laughs> that's right, baby. So um, that's good news for the NFL because um, Cowboys Vikings are coming up this Sunday, a battle between two NFC heavyweights, and then on Thanksgiving, Giants at Cowboys sitting in that tryptophan coma, grubbing down on all that sweet, sweet food, hopefully watching the Cowboys kick the crap out of those gigantes. That's some good Cowboy games coming up, Casey. There's no wonder they're going to get some good ratings. No question about it. I see that coming. Yeah, dude. Last Thanksgiving, Raiders, Cowboys, over 40 million. So uh, this one, there's going to be some people there. Well, Dave. Speaking of Thanksgiving food, can you smell what The Rock is cooking? (laughs) I guess you're talking about the XFL draft, which recently took place, Casey. Uh, You and I, of course, football maniacs. We can't get enough football. And when the spring league comes around, I am dialed in for every game. Tape them, squeeze them in somehow in my week. But just talk about basically... I just want to mention there's a couple of ga- names that jump out at me. You know, obviously a lot of these guys have been sort of on the back ends of NFL rosters and dabbling in previous spring leagues. But a couple of them that jump out at me, quarterback Kyle Sloter, he was on the Broncos and he was pretty successful in the last spring league. He didn't end up, uh, I think he got hurt and then was was unable to continue. Ky- uh, Cody Lattimore also was on the Broncos. He's going to be in this league. Running back Kalen Bellage, not long ago, I think he was on the Dolphins, Chargers, and Steelers all in the same season. And then another guy I like, uh, former Georgia quarterback who was a Bengal, got a little NFL action, A.J. McCarron at the quarterback position. So I think there's a lot of fun guys here. Yeah, dude, how about Ben DiNucci, former Cowboy? He got drafted too. Steven Montez, Luis Perez, who was playing really nice before he got hurt. Uh, in the USFL last season. Then Martavis Bryant, man, former Pittsburgh Steelers. So there is some talent there. You got to keep developing the positions. And you know um, you're a sicko. Like you just told the people, we'll be watching all of these games. (laughs) (laughs) Not to mention the USFL just started advertising uh, for their upcoming season in last week's NFL game. I'm sure if you're watching the NFL, you did see one of those ads because they were all over. Uh, And I'm excited for both of these uh, seasons hopefully there's enough decent players to go around to give us a quality product on the field that's right hey dave and it's time to a little recreational fun let's go bowling yeah that's right casey the 2023 pro bowl games vote is now open and uh fans jump in there vote early vote often you know what they say right yeah and it's going to be the new format this season uh, lots of different you know skills competition and flag the flag football, football game. Hey, let's just not do that on the sand, and you're probably going to be okay. Ooh, yeah, take us back into time. That was a pretty significant injury there for that that young Patriot. All right, back. Dave, it's time for survival slash three strikes pool. How did you do? Not so well, Casey. I had the Vegas Raiders over what I thought was going to be a hapless Colts team. Little did I know that Saturday hired on a Tuesday would have his way on a Sunday and really kick the butt of the Raiders, the hapless Raiders. The Raiders were hapless. That's right. And they 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 reinstalled Matt Ryan. I would have never taken the Raiders that if I had known they were putting Matt Ryan back in there. I thought it was that rookie quarterback, Eleanor, who, bless him and everything, he's got a chance. But he wasn't – I mean, he was in over his head. But yeah. anyways, I lost. I'm out of the three strikes. I'm a little bitter, as you might notice. And it's the Raiders that I can uh, deliver my anger at. Stupid Raiders. Well, at least their consolation prize was the Raiders losing and right. falling to 2-7. So, yeah. So that put a little right smile side. on your face. Silver lining. Well, Dave, I uh, actually started the life after death pool for all of the homies that were knocked out of the real pools. <laughs> and I survived. I picked the Giants over the Texans. And... I ended up uh, just chopping it with only one other person that was left in there. So, um, <laughs> so made a little money after all is said and done. Week, after one week. Yeah. yeah. A competitive nature between you guys. Ruthless. Oh, man. It was classic. And Dave, actually, the Giants over the uh, Texans was the most popular correct pick. The most popular incorrect pick was the Eagles over the Commandos. Heading into next week, Casey, the most popular pick is the Ravens over the Panthers. That's over 49% of the people. All right, let's go ahead and get a little fantasy in here. Dave, go back fantasy 
start of the week? Was there a player that could have saved you? No, uh, I lost by 22, Casey, Ooh. and I had six guys with single, single digits featuring a 6.7 from uh, Derrick Henry. Just nowhere near. If Derrick Henry would have gotten me a something like a 30 instead of a 6.7, I'd be fine right now. So that's my go back. Henry, go back and run the ball more. Oh, man. Well, I did get the huge win. I crushed the Cookie Monsters. I put up a 139.64, my Ooh. second win in a row. But had I played Kadarius Tony over Chase Claypool, that would have put me over the top, and I would have had high score of the week. So instead, wow. I came in second, still won, still cash, still have playoff hopes. So <laughs> Not gonna... all of us can say that, Casey. Yeah, right? <laughs> I ranked okay. tech. <laughs> All right, David, it's time for total fantasy domination. Give me a quarterback. Yeah, it's Justin Fields again with an incredible performance for the Purple Sabbath and his Bears. 167 pass yards, two touchdowns through the air. Uh, did have a pick, but 147 rush yards and two rush TDs. This guy's going crazy. Yeah, dude. And Jonathan Taylor for the Snivellers sniveled all over those Las Vegas Raiders. He's back, baby. 147 rush yards. And a rush touchdown. How about Christian Watson at the receiver position? A free agent for the time being, right? He had only had 10 receptions heading into last weekend's game. Uh, and sure enough, 107 yards and three TDs. Wow. Explosion. Yeah. And how did the Purple Sabbath get all them points? Cole Komet, dude. 74 yards, two receiving touchdowns. That's back-to-back -back weeks with two touchdowns for the former Golden Domer. Dave. Nice. All right, I know it's slim pickings out there, but you got any quarterbacks that someone can stream for all these buys this week? Yeah, it's not it's not uh, pretty, but um, Tyler Heineke has been playing motivated football, and they're going to Houston. I like that one the best. If he is not available for whatever reason, Mariota has also been playing well, and he runs. I mean, he's coming off not a great performance, but he does run the football, and those extra points can help. Also, they're playing Chicago, and the Chicago is traded away a lot of their defensive players, and they tend to be in shootouts. So who knows? Maybe those are good good choices. Yeah, we're going to stay with the Falcons here. Tyler Algier, baby, a running back. It's a, definitely a, a committee there, but he's looked yeah. nice when he's had opportunities. And Jalen Warren for the Steelers going up against those Bengals, he's getting more opportunity as well. So another uh, backfield split, but what the hell are you going to do, man? It's week 11. Exactly. No doubt about it. It's, it's not easy out there. Casey, at wide receiver, though, I've got a lot of options. Kadarius Tony, you mentioned he's not available in our league, but he did catch five uh, passes for 57 yards and a touchdown. Donovan Peoples-Jones, he's had 70 or more yards in five of his past six games. So that's a pretty consistent, but not blowout number, but a consistent one. How about Paris Campbell? 32 targets in the past three games with Matt wow. Ryan. We can assume Ryan's going to be going, and in each of those, a touchdown. And how about, obviously, the aforementioned Chris, uh, Christian Watson with a three-touchdown game. If he can get anywhere near that, <laughs> he's going to be worth the pickup. Yeah, and you, we talked about him earlier. Cole Komet, baby, dude. 13 targets over the past two games, five touchdowns in his past three. Um, good luck if he's still out there for some of the leagues. Not in ours, obviously, but, <laughs> nope. you know. Right. We're going to do. All right, Dave, the hell with all that fantasy stuff, bro. It's yeah. time for some reality. We got a few teams on buys this week. Jacksonville Jaguars, Miami Dolphins, the Seattle Seahawks, and the Tampa Bay Bucks. Dude, it's week 11. What? Week 11? What? Casey, it's slipping away. It's slipping away, oh, man. Oh, man. We're going back down the hill, Dave. We reached <laughs> the apex, <laughs> and now we're coming side. down. I'm freaking out, bro. Dude. Ouch. All right, let's get it started, dude. Thursday night football, what you got? It is the Tennessee Titans at the Green Bay Packers. Packers at home favored by three. In 2016, the last time the Packers were four and six, they also advanced to the NFC Championship. Omen? Hmm. Ooh, well, hmm. maybe hopefully if they're playing the Dallas Cowboys, then <laughs> that's okay with me. But if not... But let's talk about these Titans, Dave. You mentioned the lack of the run game last week. Um just 56 yards, I think it was, for Derrick Henry. They got to keep feeding him. He's second in the NFL with over 900 yards, and he's got nine touchdowns. He's had 100 yards in five of his last six games. Dave, what the hell happened last week, dude? dude. That tough Broncos defense is what happened. Ryan Tannehill Rachel. came back, still nursing that gimpy ankle. Um, they got Burks back. He had a couple catches, but it was Westbrook Akine, baby. 119 yards and two touchdowns. They have to stay balanced, 
have to get um, Henry going. Um, this is going to be a tough game, though, man. These Packers look like they might have found the formula. Yeah, last week might have been a turning point for this Packers team as they were trailing by 14 to your Dallas Cowboys and found a way to rally and win in overtime in that game. And I think maybe that formula has a little something to do with less Aaron Rodgers as he was efficient, but just 14 out of 20 passes, three touchdowns, 70%, but just 20 attempts for Aaron Rodgers. On the other hand, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon combining for a boatload of yards, particularly Aaron Jones, 156 yards and a touchdown, and Dillon um, is also contributing very nicely. So maybe running the ball and then having Rodgers be more of a complementary effect there. And also, Rodgers had, you know, never thrown interceptions in the end zone. That has been part of this season as well for Rodgers. They are negative five in the giveaway takeaway. Uh, and it's easier to hold on to the football when you don't throw it as much. But of course, the blow up performance, as we mentioned already, of Christian Watson with 170 yeah. yards and three touchdowns, that was an enormous, enormous uh, situation. And Watson had dropped a couple passes early in the game, and you could see the frustration on Rodgers' face for him to pull it together like that and have this kind of performance. It very, very well may be a turning point. Yeah, I could have had him drop that fourth and seven. That would have been pretty sweet. Oh, I hear but. you there. All right, up next, we got the Chicago Bears at the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are three-point favorites at home. The Davids, these Bears, they became the first team in NFL history to rush for at least 225 yards in five straight games. I'm sensing a formula for these guys, too. Yeah, right, and it's ever since Justin Fields started getting those designed runs called for him that has opened up everything for this offense. And sure, they acquired um, – a receiver at the trade deadline, but that hasn't really paid off. That's more of a long-term thing, but Justin Fields, 314 yards, four touchdowns, two through the air and two rushing in week 10. Um, Cole Komet, we mentioned with the two receiving touchdowns, all of that stuff. And unbelievably, they lost the football game by one point to a Detroit Lions team. That's pretty dang uh, feisty, but that is the formula moving forward. And that will give them a real good chance to win this football game. Yeah, and that's kind of what the Falcons had been doing, too, is running yep. the football a lot. And um, it was real sloppy in that Carolina game last week. They'll be in the fine confines of the uh, the Mercedes-Benz nest or whatever the hell that place is called. <laughs> uh, Mariota right. was pretty sloppy last week, had a couple interceptions dropped by the Panthers secondary. <sighs> but don't put that much on his plate. Give it to that backfield we're talking about, Cordero Patterson, man. Um, he's got five touchdowns on the year. He's getting healthy again back. You mentioned Tyler Algier. He ranks fourth among rookies with almost 450 yards. So they're getting some production there. Drake London, another rookie that's had a nice season. Um, trying to get Kyle Pitts more involved. He's got a touchdown in two of his last three home games. So um, Falcons, you know, they've been leading this NFC South, but it feels like the Bucks are heating up. This is a game that they have to have if they really have any dreams of making the postseason, but it's feeling like maybe those dreams are starting to get dashed a little bit, Dave. <laughs> Up next, Casey, is the Carolina Panthers at the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens favored by 11. And under Harbaugh, Baltimore's 11-3 and three in games immediately after a bye. That is they're coming off of right now. Ooh. And that's the second-best record among active coaches, uh, of course, trailing the uh, mighty uh, Andy Reid. Yeah, dude. Whew. Uh, these Panthers, man, it's been a hodgepodge for them. Um, yep. But Baker Mayfield's going to get the start. Uh, P.J. Walker with the high ankle sprain. So Baker's back in action there. And if I were him, I would just turn it around and hand it to Dante Foreman, man. This guy, love this story. Love to see him coming back from the mm -hmm. catastrophic injury. 130 yards in a TD last week. He's had at least 115 rush yards in three of the past four games. And it's the way he does it, man. He just runs cats over, and he's actually yeah. got some speed, too. So love watching this guy play. Um, hopefully Baker can get that mojo going with DJ Moore. It wasn't there earlier in the season. But Terrace Marshall's also um, coming on. He's had um, three straight road games with 50-plus receiving yards. So Baker's just got to stay within control, hand it to Foreman, and don't throw it to the guys in purple. Yeah, and Casey, obviously this Panthers team we mentioned coming off the bye. Um, and before that, it was a, a dominant performance, really, at New Orleans on Monday Night Football. Lamar Jackson uh, running and passing for 215 total yards in that game. But a big night from Kenyon Drake, 
uh, who's who's really done a great job over 100 yards rushing and two touchdowns for Drake in the last performance. Unfortunately, they did not have Mark Andrews. He's questionable again this week. That's good news, I guess. It's tight end Isaiah likely to have a bigger role in this week's game where he's That's coming a free off. agent there because I just traded him and he got cut. Boom. He's had two touchdowns in back-to-back weeks, looking for his third straight. On the defensive side, this team had a really kind of an awful start to the season where they gave up all those big leads, but they traded for Wilquan Smith. He had a nice immediate impact with five tackles in his debut. Also, Justin Houston there, old guy, can still get it done. Two and a half sacks, an interception, and a pass defense in the last game. He's he been great, is, dude. He is an, a, an unbelievable monster here. He's part of the reason he's got, he's leading the team with eight and a half sacks. He's part of the reason that they're plus seven in the giveaway takeaway battle. When you don't, uh, when you win the table takeaway battle and you can run like the Ravens do, you're set up to win a lot of football games. All right, Dave, up next, the Cleveland Browns at the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are favored by nine and a half at home. And Dave, is the sky falling? You tell me. Each of the Bills' three losses this season have been by three points or less. Wow. The three teams that have beaten the Bills are 21 and seven. We're talking the Vikings, the Dolphins, and those plucky Jets. Could be some snow here. There's talking about moving this game. I want to see the snow game, Dave. Let it come <laughs> down, baby. Let's watch this happen. But talk about these brownies. Yeah, no doubt, dude. Browns uh, sitting there at three and six. It is a, it was a really pivotal point in time for their season if they want to have to be able to scrap it basically and have something uh, to, to to play for for the latter portion portion of the season when they get um, Sean Watson back. But right now, uh, coming off of a, a, they crushed the Bengals a couple of weeks ago, and then last week just got destroyed by the Dolphins. Uh, Brissett. You know, a, a decent game, but and Chubb kind of held to just 81 yards in that game, just really manhandled um, by the Dolphins last week. But um, they need to find a way to to put it together, play a strong, solid football game. And this is the worst time in the world for them to be facing a team off of a very, very disappointing loss, because, again, how, I don't know how many more they can lose for this Brown squad and still think that they have any kind of prayer at sniffing the playoffs. Yeah, dude, and the Bills, man, I don't see them losing the game like they lost that ever again in the history of watching football. So many, <laughs> you know, calamities happen for it yep. just to be there, you know. Totally. They stopped the Vikings on fourth and one and then fumble coming out of there. What the hell is that? And then, you know, the almost interception that turned into the Justin Jefferson's sickest catch ever. Wow. But it's really about Josh Allen, dude. This guy's got to take care of the football. and. He's not making the mistakes when the game is on the line. He's doing it when they could be putting it away. You know, it's like, you don't need that touchdown there. Just get the field goal. You know, throwing interceptions is bad. He's got 10 on the season, man. Mm. Um, So he's got to clean that up. I think he knows it. This whole team knows it. Uh, Devin Singletary has been really nice in the backfield. He had two touchdowns last week. So this might be a heavy run game if the snow is um, coming down like it's supposed to there, though. But still all fine for the Bills. Um, they have to get it together, though, because we talked about it after week one. We're like, holy crap, dude. The only thing wrong with these Bills is it looks like they're in Super Bowl, Super Bowl form now, and it's week one. Yeah. And they clearly don't look as good as they did then, but there's still time for them to get that back. But um, a lot of that is falling on Josh Allen, and he knows that. Still a great team, a great defense. Just clean up those turnovers. And uh they're going to be fine. They're definitely going to be in the mix, but they'd much rather have that one seed than go on the road. Yeah, I think they're in third place in their own division right now. Looking up two... at the Jets? Unbelievable. In the fins? Right? Wow. I'm actually, Casey, on a side note, I'm kind of rooting for that postponement because it's been like more than a decade, I think, since there's been a weird postponement due to like snow like that. And I think it was um, on a Tuesday. We got a Tuesday night football game. In 2010, I believe it was the Eagles and the Vikings. I'm not sure about that, but that would be kind of cool. <laughs> okay, moving moving along. It's the Washington Commanders at the Houston Texans, and the Commanders on the road favored by two and a half. Uh, and in two of the past three seasons, Washington has handed the NFL's last undefeated team its first loss, as they did last week when they beat the Eagles. There, Washington was the first to beat, beat the 11 and 0 Pittsburgh Steelers in Week 13 of 2020, and the fr- first to beat, of course, the Eagles the other night. Who did they beat on Monday night? That was the Philadelphia Eagles, Casey. Oh yeah, I like that, baby. <laughs> I like it a lot. <laughs> All right, Dave. Don't look now, but Washington's won four or five, and it could have been 
five out of five without that collapse against the Vikings just a couple of weeks ago. Right. And when they started that win streak, they just barely lost to the Titans about six weeks ago. So have they done that? Running the damn ball, dude, on Monday night, 49 rushes against the Philadelphia Eagles, man. Wow. And I'm telling you, dude, Tyler Heineke, if they want to keep winning, keep Heineke at quarterback. I think Rivera's on board no with that. Yeah. Um, the commandos are getting healthy, dude. Jahan Dotson, he's back. Supposed to get Chase Young back. What are the dogs barking at over here? We're talking about the commandos, you crazy mutt. Um, that defense started to look like itself on um, Monday night. So that's the formula, dude. It's right. starting to happen for these guys. And now they're just right on the outskirts looking in. So, man, I love what Heineke is doing with this team. No doubt. And they may have given the rest of the league a blueprint to take care of business against the Eagles, but they've given themselves, more importantly, a blueprint on how they can win football games. And it's really about clock control and being completely in control, managing those uh, third downs, staying on schedule. Moving on to the Texans, though, Casey, and, uh, you know, basically this has been a season about is Davis Mills the guy? He did pass for 319 yards uh, last week, and uh, Damian Pierce also had a really nice game with 122 yards from scrimmage. But again, this is about Davis Mills and whether or not he's going to be the guy next year. And honestly, I'm starting to think it's less and less like he is going to be the guy. I think he still has a lot of upside and everything. But And this team is just not very good around him. But the bottom line is, is any win for the Houston Texans right now is a loss because they are sitting there with this just a half game lead above the Raiders for that number one draft pick. And I got a feeling the Raiders are going to steal a couple more wins down the road. So the Texans have got to just continue to, to tank themselves. And then they can choose which quarterback that they do want to lead this squad. And then uh, Davis Mills can be a strong backup for them for the years to come. Uh, the dog, by the way, said, take um, the commandos and the points. Just <laughs> FYI. <laughs> All right. Up next, we got the Philadelphia Eagles at the Indianapolis Colts and the Philadelphia Eagles are nine and a half point favorites on the road. Yes. And of course, we're talking about the Eagles coming off that shocking loss uh, and hurts. 203 yards and three touchdowns in the game. Miles Sanders, just 54 yards, though. Uh, they they lost the turnover battle. Um, for the first time all season, they're plus 13 on the turnover battle. Uh, you win a lot of football games when you get one or you, when you win the turnover battle by one or two every single week. We saw when they didn't win it, they didn't win. So we'll see because turnovers are a fickle thing. And when they have 20 of them on the season. So uh, it's a, obviously a very, very good football team. But now maybe a little bit of doubt that at just exactly how good they are. But they're certainly um, an excellent team. No doubt about it. But uh yeah, they can't afford to get sloppy. They almost won that game anyways. Yeah, the crazy fumble on the uh, the I think it was Watkins the 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 catch. He went down and then the DB came. So yeah, it's, and the face mask that uh, they missed on the turnover there. But right, and then of course the ending was distasteful when the 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 quarterback was on the knee and he got hit, and that kind of ended the game. That was bogus. And then I was I was talking to the misses about that last touchdown. I was like, if that just made this go to the over, betters are losing their freaking minds right now. But it had already <laughs> hit the over, so uh, no harm, no foul there. But Dave, we were all WTF when the Colts benched Matt Ryan. But Jeff Saturday, coming from the high school ranks, he was smart enough to realize that that wasn't a formula for success. He put an uh, end to the Sam Ellinger experiment, which is okay. And this is a different team with Matty Ice. We, in the all offseason, we're like, oh, my God, the Colts are going to be contenders. And we we're kind of shocked how they came out. But, um, you know, maybe they can get it back together. Maybe this is the energy infusion that they need. Um, no practice for, for DeForest Bunker, uh, Buckner or Quiddy Pay. But, dude, Jonathan Taylor finally off the injury report last week Huge. against the Raiders, 147. Not only that, Dave, 6.7 per carry against the Raiders, dude. He was running all over them. I don't think they can catch the Titans, but they might be able to sneak in as a wild card. Wouldn't that be wild, bro? Woo. All right. Up next, the, Detroit, uh, the, excuse me, the New York Jets at the New England Patriots. Patriots at home favored by three and a half. And New England Patriots uh, have won. Uh, 13 straight games over the Jets. Mm, somebody owns somebody. And it includes, of course, a week eight win uh, where the Jets won 22 to 17 over the Jets most recently. Yeah, and dude, who thought that uh, 
the Jets will be rolling into their bye week at six and three, looking good and feeling fine, man. Um, that bye did come at a good time, though, because James Robinson got that extra week to get some practice time to learn the scheme. He came in and contributed right away, but even bigger, they got a chance to get Corey Davis back for this one. Um, Zach Wilson played pretty efficiently, smacking those um, bills. And, like, this game uh, really turned around for them a few weeks ago when that pick six got called off. They would have been up big on the Patriots. Um, that got taken away, so they ended up losing that game. But, man, the Jets are feisty. They're getting better. Um, great defense. We need to see the quarterback play continue to get better. And Zach yeah. Wilson has been pretty good. Um, last week, coming off of se- or two weeks ago, 72% com- uh, percent completions, um, career-high 101 passer rating. So no interceptions in his past four or five starts. That's great. Got to get some more production in the end zone, though. Throw some touchdowns, brother. Yeah, and this Patriots squad, obviously they know how – Bill Belichick knows how to coach uh, the, the crap out of a young quarterback that's inexperienced. Now, Zach, uh, obviously he's has he has his he, – he's – you know, the Patriots have beaten Zach uh, every time they've played in his career. But the Patriots coming off a of bye, that's bad news also for the Jets. Um, and before that, it was a dominating performance over the hapless Indianapolis Colts uh, before they got the new coach and all that good stuff. Mac Jones in uh, his career versus the Jets has been modest but good with just three touchdowns in three games. Uh, but Ramondre Stevenson has been a big uh, asset to this team yeah. running the ball very, very well for them. He had a TD catch in week nine, and he also leads the team uh, in rushing, and he averages 4.8 yards a carry. That's pretty damn good. So hand it to uh, Ramondre. Damian Harris also a very, very solid uh, tandem back for them. He had 52 rushing yards in the week eight meeting a couple weeks ago when these two teams met. So um, on the uh, defensive side, Matthew Judon um, coming off a huge game in week nine where he had three sacks and had a forced fumble. And so he also is <clears throat> leading the team with 11 and a half sacks. So look for Judon to have a big game, as well as Josh Uche, who's also coming off a three-sack game in week nine. So monster performance when they crush the Colts. Let's see if they can repeat that uh, against Zach Wilson and dominate the Jets. All right, up next, Los Angeles Rams at the New Orleans Saints. And the Saints are three-point favorites at home, Dave. What can I say about these Rams, Casey? They have had a horrible season in terms of injury, lost a ton of dudes um, on the offensive line, and that was the the beginning of the downfall. We saw right away they did not have the offensive line in place uh, to protect Stafford. Obviously, he missed last week's game uh, with the concussion that showed up you know, early in the week, a couple of days after the game uh, that prevented him from playing. Hopefully, he's good to go uh, because without him, they really – are not even anywhere near as good as they could. Unfortunately, also losing um, Cooper Cup to injury. He's looking to possibly get that tightrope surgery, which would be awful. Uh, I think, I don't know if they really want to go that route because at three and six, I'm sort of wondering how much left of this season they can salvage and put stuff together here. It'll be Allen Robinson as the lead guy, as well as Van Jefferson uh, opposite of him. And Tyler Higby has started off the season great, but... Um, then he went into a, like a slumber for a while last week. He emerged with eight catches. Uh, they're just running out of dudes as simple as that. You, you just can't, when you F them picks like that case, you can have stars all across the top of the roster. Those guys need to be on the field. And when they're not, you stink. Yeah, dude. And, uh, the saints are borderline stinking too, sitting there at three and seven, man. Uh, let one get away from a, a Pittsburgh team. They, they probably could have beat last week. Um, Allen's going to stay with Andy Dalton as the quarterback there. Um, Alvin Kamara has been a bright spot there. The receiving core is all kind of banged up. But Chris Olave, man, he's been a great pick for them, leading all rookies. 46 receptions and yards. He's got almost 700 yards. And uh, he really crushes it there in the dome. Um, the sweet thing is the Saints are going to be wearing those throwback uniforms, bro, with those gold nice. bridges. So that's going to be pretty good. The bad thing about the Saints, second most turnovers, second fewest takeaways, man. So um, more bad news for the Saints. McVay is 3-1 and one against them, including the 2018 
NFC Championship game. You know, the one where Roby Coleman non-called P.I. changed that game just a little bit. Not as egregious as the Jair P.I. on C.D. last week, but still a penalty day. (laughs) Defense also. The Rams only have one takeaway since week three. So that means Andy Dalton just huck it down to Chris Olave. Keep Kamara in the mix, and we'll see what happens there. Um, Not where either of these teams envisioned they would be at this point in the season. Not at all. They need Kamara and Kamara and Kamara. That is about it. Up next, Detroit Lions at the New York Giants. Giants at home favored by three and a half. This should be a fun game, though. Yeah, dude. And is their fortunes turning around for the Lions, man? Breaking Mm -hmm. that uh, road losing streak last week. They're getting DJ Shark back. He returned to practice on Wednesday. They expect to get Jamison Williams back soon. Not this soon, but a couple (laughs) weeks now. So if you got to... A roster spot, maybe think about stashing this guy. And Dave, ever since you declared the Lions the best one in six team in the league, all they've done is win. Can they oh. make it three in a row, baby? I'm back on board. I'm biting kneecaps. <laughs> Easy now. All right, Casey, this Giants squad coming off of a win against the Houston Texans, but who doesn't win against the Texans? Um, Daniel Jones, though, um, with a really nice performance, two TDs, no picks, a career high 153.3 rating. So real, real nice performance there efficiency wise. Um, Daniel Jones on the season, eight touchdowns, still just two picks, though. That's the impressive part, not making any uh, mistakes anymore. And most importantly, Saquon Barkley is back to yeah. being Saquon Barkley prior to the injury that really derailed him for years there. Uh, 152 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he leads the, the NFL in 931 scrimmage yards and second with 1,128 uh, scrimmage yards. First of all, 931 rush yards, excuse me. Um, and Darius Slayton uh, with a touchdown last week. He seemed to come on a little bit. So good, uh, good performance last week. They'll need another one of those if they want to get another W. All right, Dave, we got a grimy AFC West battle. Las Vegas Raiders at the Denver Broncos. Broncos three and a half or three point favorites at mile high, baby. Ooh, wow. Okay. Uh, Raiders have won the past five uh, matchups in this uh, in this series here, Casey, including the week four game. I don't um, remember the Raiders winning five of anything ever. <laughs> Doesn't seem like it this year. Uh, last week, of course, coming up uh, just shy against the Indianapolis Colts, losing that game uh, and knocking me out of the survivor pool. But I digress. Uh, Derek Carr did have a nice performance with 248 yards and two touchdowns. Josh Jacobs has been the guy on the scene here. This the story for them the whole year, even though they're only two and seven. He keeps continuing to, to perform very well. 106 rushing yards, uh, scrimmage yards last week and a TD and also six catches. Devontae Adams continues to perform well. Um, he's got, you know, a pretty good season going with eight touchdowns uh, on the year and averaging 13.8 yards of reception. He's got uh, two in a row with nine plus catches, but it just seems to be this team finds a way not to win in the end, even though, again, obviously they're down a couple of dudes with uh, Renfro and Waller. Those are huge, huge players. And we don't have them on the field. You're not as good of a football team, but Foster Moreau has played well for them. He had a touchdown last week. And on the other side, Max Crosby has been a, a destroyer. Uh, uh, he got his seventh sack of the season. He leads the team in that category, but the Raiders, the Raiders, it, the statistically, they don't look all that awful. They just find a way to come up short. Yeah, dude. These Broncos have been coming up short quite a bit, too. Uh, almost beat those Titans last week. Just couldn't get it done. Good news for the Raiders offense. Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, um, they didn't practice on Wednesday. Uh, offensively, the Broncos won't have K.J. Hamler, at least for a few weeks, but they do have a chance to get Jerry Judy back. They're going to need him, dude. This offense is averaging less than 15 points a game, not the vision they had when they brought Russ in. I mentioned coming off that tough, tough loss to the Titans. The good news is this Broncos defense held King Henry to 53 yards last week. They're going to need that type of effort because when these teams met in week four, Josh Jacobs went off for 144 yards and two touchdowns. Dave, six of the Broncos' losses have come by seven points or less. They're not that far off, but they are running out of time. Yeah, and that is a really, really solid defense. All right, Mm -hmm. up next, Casey, it's your Dallas Cowboys heading to Minnesota to take on the Vikings and the Cowboys are favored by two and a half. What? In 2009, the last time the Vikings were eight and one, they advanced to the NFC championship game. Casey, is uh, is this going to derail them? 
I hope so, dude, because you sounds like you're setting up a Green Bay, Minnesota NFC championship. And I'm not down with that at all, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to talk about the Cowboys. Go um, for it. Good news for the Cowboys. Zeke participated in the team's walkthrough on Wednesday, so he's got a chance to play. Not sure if he will or not. Malik Davis was actually good in the, the backup role. Uh, Sunday in Green Bay. Obviously, Tony Pollard's doing his thing there. Um, Anthony Barr and Anthony Brown, they both have a chance to play. They uh, went through the walkthrough on Wednesday, and you know Barr is chomping at the bit to face his former team. Um, Cowboys signed Tack McKinley to help on that defensive front. Dude, ranked 29th in rushing defense. Dave, you remember a couple weeks ago we were all using uh, just kissing the butt of this Dallas Cowboys doomsday defense. Oh man, it's a Super Bowl defense. This and that. That's not been the case, dude. They've been getting run all over, and they better fix it, dude. Because after Dalvin is Saquon Barkley, then Jonathan Taylor, then Damian Pierce, then Travis Etienne, then Philly, then King Henry, and then the Commandos, dude. So they got to get this. Yeah, otherwise it's going to be a big time problem. Dude, special teams, we talked a little uh, USFL. Cavante Turpin is so close to breaking one. Maybe Sunday is the day that he gets one, uh, takes it to the house. And Dak's just got to start faster, man. He had a lot of throws early on that just weren't good. Some sketchy uh, play calling, too. I looked at this. Um, they were running the ball for over five yards a carry and only six runs in the fourth quarter. Big Mike's got to go over there. And I know he's only 15 years old, but if Kellen Moore does not run the ball more, Big Mike's got to just choke him out and take over play calling duty, man, because this team is built to run. They got to stop the run. Still, it's all right there for the Cowboys. Maybe getting humbled by Green Bay was a good thing. But, dude, was Aaron Rodgers really going to lose six games in a row, especially <laughs> lose two in a row at Lambeau? I think we all should have saw this coming, but we got, yeah, we got caught up. Yeah, we got caught up in either day. But this is a huge game for NFC playoff jockeying. Um, I'm already freaking out, Dave. It's only Wednesday, dude. I got to calm myself. Got to go do a little yoga so I can make it to Sunday, dude. (laughs) Breathe in, breathe out, Casey. You're going to be all right. You know, Casey, I think a lot of us were looking at this Vikings team with their uh, nice record and only one loss and heading into Buffalo thinking, all right, now they're playing somebody and they're going to get their butts handed to them. Well, they came up, they showed up, and they got it done with that overtime win. All the craziness aside, and we know it was an insane game, obviously the craziest game of the season. But Kirk Cousins, 30 of 50, 60%, 50 throws for Cousins, 357 yards in a TD. Awesome performance by Dalvin Cook as well with a season-high 146 scrimmage yards and a touchdown as well. But it's all about Justin Jefferson, dude. That <sighs> sick-ass catch. I mean, mind-blowing. Among it's always like when you see one of those happen in a given weekend, it's like that's the best catch I've ever seen. We know there's been an amazing series of catches through, but that one's right there in my mind right now. It's the best catch ever, right? 193 receiving yards and a touchdown. Um, Insane performance by Jefferson. Jefferson. He's going to break Randy Ross's, Randy Moss's uh, record for the most yards in the first three seasons. of a, of a career in NFL history. He'll do that likely this weekend, and he still has half the season almost left uh, to stack on to that record. Um, it was an awesome get for these guys to bring in TJ Hawkinson. He's had immediate dividends uh, with uh, two straight games with seven or more catches for uh, Hawkinson. So he's just found an immediate role uh, in this offense. They are plus eight in the turnover ratio. That helps a lot. And Zadarius Smith, has been a huge part of that. What an enormous um, acquisition he has been for them. Tackle, 14 tackles for loss, uh, tied in for, for first in the NFL in that category. Uh, nine and a half sacks on the season. And then, of course, Patrick Peterson, two interceptions, including the game winner. I mean, what can you say? This team, Vikings, from uh, both sides of the football, had dudes come up and play big in order to get that win. Real, real impressive. All right, Dave, up next, we got an AFC North battle. This game actually got flexed out of Sunday night. Cincinnati Bengals at the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Bengals are four-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. Yeah, Bengals coming off a bye, and previous to that, a a decisive win where they completely dominated Carolina, um, blew them out. 
And um, Joe Burrow, 22 of 28 sets, 78 plus percent in 206 yards and two touchdowns for a 109 rating in that game. So he was on fire. But it was Joe Mixon, dude, with 211 scrimmage yards. I mean, what a player. And I don't know how many touchdowns he had. Oh, wait a minute. He had five touchdowns. Five. Yeah, I think you remember that. I remember. But, and then somehow there was enough uh, left over for Samaje P. Ryan to rush for 51 yards in that game. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, T. Higgins with a decent performance, but this was all about Joe Mixon going completely berserker. Uh, if he can do that against a pretty, you know, uh, the Steelers defense has played better, <laughs> uh, I guess, with, with Watt back. But wow, let's see if Mixon could put on another show like that. That would be a mind blower. Yeah, and actually, you know, Cincy's won three of the last four in this series. It used to be all Steelers, and it's been all Cincy as of late. But yep. Steelers, dude, were so Steelery last week, beating <laughs> those Saints 20-10 to 10 in a, a classic Pittsburgh-style game there. Um, Kenny Pickett, man, he's just going through it. He's in the sauce right now. You know, those are the perils of a rookie quarterback. Two touchdowns to eight interceptions. Got to clean that up because with this team, just don't turn the ball over, and your defense is going to keep you in most of these games. Najee Harris, season high, 99 yards last week. So maybe they're starting to get the run game going. We mentioned Jalen Warren. He had 77 scrimmage yards last week. So maybe they're starting to find uh, some hot, hot action there. George Pickens, he's been the rookie that they'd hoped he'd be. Deontay Johnson's still a target monster, but they just don't have the quarterback to get it to them. So... That's going to be a work in progress. You mentioned TJ Watts back. He had an impact on last week's game. And um, that's where their bread is going to be buttered there. Or maybe, oh, I was going to say, then maybe put the ketchup on the bread. But I don't think it's any <laughs> Heinz Field any longer. So spinning out of control. Patrick Jeremiah Fryermuth, baby. 10 catches and 70 yards in the week one meeting where they stole that win against the Bengals. Uh, Bengals have playoff aspirations. Yeah. I don't think the Steelers do, but we can't uh, put an end to that Tomlin 500 or better um, record going. They're three and six. Beating these Bengals and getting to four and six would be a sweet, sweet stepping stone to getting back to 500. All right, Casey, up next, it's Sunday Night Football. You mentioned the flex. It was the Chargers and the Chiefs flex into that as Kansas City will be heading to SoFi Stadium to face our Los Angeles Chargers. Chiefs on the road are favored by five and a half in this one for the AFC West showdown. Yeah, man. Patrick Mahomes last week, 330 and four touchdowns, man, a 129.6 passer rating. And he's getting Kadarius Toney more involved than he wanted to. He had a touchdown last week because the uh, – the receiving core is all kind of banged up. Juju Smith-Schuster took that gnarly shot last week to the Dome. I'm not sure if he's going to be back in this. I know Valdez-Scantling's a little beat up, too, and so is Hardman. So it might be a mash unit there. Lucky he's still got Travis Kelsey, dude, six for 81. His eighth NFL leading eighth recept receiving touchdown last week. He's looking for his fifth game in a row of 80-plus receiving yards. So um, plenty of weapons there on the offensive side of the ball. And Nick Bolton, he's really starting to come in, dude. Um, he's a tackling machine there. So, um, you know, the Chargers always play these Chiefs super close, but, man, this Chargers squad is all kind of banged up too, dude. Yeah, no doubt about that, Casey. And Chargers coming off of a close uh, loss last Sunday, back-to-back -back Sunday night football games for this Chargers squad. They lost 22-16 uh, to San Francisco. And, uh, you know, honestly, they did hang in there pretty good, considering the number of players the Chargers have out. Both uh, both tackles on the offensive line were out. Both the top two receivers in Keenan Allen and Mike Williams out. Um, Everett got hurt, the tight end, in that game and missed most of the game. Um, on the defensive side, they have lost a lot of interior defensive linemen, and a couple went down in that game as well, and they won't be back. So it's going to be, <clears throat> no doubt, a challenge indeed to to slow down this Chiefs offense is as, as dynamic as they are. Um, Herbert has played exceptionally well in the games against the Chiefs. He has 1,464 yards, 16 TDs, and just three interceptions in his five career starts against the Chiefs. So he has risen up to the equation uh, occasion against this squad, uh, including a week two performance that was pretty impressive with three TDs and a pick. Unfortunately, that pick went back 99 yards for a touchdown, and it was kind of the determining factor in that football game. Um, 
We just can't afford to make a catastrophic mistake like that. Chargers have been running the ball better with Austin Eckler, although uh, still Josh Kelly, the second back, is out. He's on IR, so they're still looking for another guy to really fill that role. But Eckler's averaging 4.3 yards a carry, and he gets most of his work done out of the backfield receiving the football. On the defensive side, Khalil Mack has been as advertised. He had the seventh sack of the season uh, last week and two tackles for loss. And Drew Tranquil, the former Notre Damer, career-high five tackles last week. He is all over the place at high, high speed. And let's not forget, of course, Derwin James, a forced fumble last week, 13 uh, tackles in the game. He is all over the place, a a super weapon, and he's awesome at covering tight ends against Kelsey he has been very, very effective. So we'll see uh, if he can limit Kelsey. And like you said, the rest of that receiving group a little bit uh, banged up as well. So yeah, it's going to be a tough game for the Chargers. Not much of a chance considering the the amount of people injured. But um, you know what? Uh, this Charger came, team came to play last week against the 49ers team. That was That is a very strong team. And they're going to do it again this weekend. We'll see if they can find a way to win. All right, Dave. Uno Mas Fiesta for week 11, baby. The San Francisco 49ers at the Arizona Cardinals. But, Dave, this will be the NFL's fifth regular season game in Mexico, 12th overall. In 1978, the league played its first Mexico game when the Saints beat the Eagles in the preseason. On October 2nd, 2005, the Cardinals beat these 49ers 31-14 to in the NFL's first regular season game played Outside the U.S., Dave, and in 1994, the Cowboys and Houston Oilers drew an NFL record 112, 376,000. Damn. Guess where this is, baby? Tell me the stadium. Estadio Azteca. That's right. Talk about <laughs> these Niners, Dave. All right. I just did, did mention them as they played last Sunday and beat the Chargers in a pretty close game. Garoppolo played well, um, no doubt. Uh, almost 68%, 240 yards passing. Christian McCaffrey has fit in very, very nicely for this team. A touchdown uh, last week. And ever since he got there, they've, they've put him right to use. Yeah, he um, has been an awesome weapon in all parts of the game offensively for them. They got back Elijah Mitchell, Mitchell last week. He played very well with 89 rush yards to complement Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Debo Samuel had missed some time there. He was back last week. Uh, and you know, he takes your he takes your defense's attention that opened up Brandon Ayuk, I think, last week, who had a fantastic game against the Chargers uh, as the Chargers sort of mitigated the damage that Samuel and Kittle did against them. That left Ayuk. There's just too many guys that are that are talented on this offense to distribute the football to. Um, and then on the other side, you got Nick Bosa, dude. I mean, this is a stout, stout uh, front seven for sure, uh, led by uh, arguably led by Nick Bosa. Three tackles for loss last week. Bosa with nine and a half uh, sacks on the season. And they do. uh, They are behind in the giveaway takeaway on the season. Minus three. Not a huge number. But again, that's one of those things. If they can just hold on to the 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 ball and not uh, be victimized by turnovers, then they're they're going to be a pretty damn hard team to beat the way they can do it offensively and the way they can grind clock and then just they wear you down with their big offensive line oh man dave i don't know if you heard that whistle blowing in the background but that's the hot mess express pulling into the dysfunction junction baby oh oh no this cardinals team is in shambles it's a good thing that this game is in mexico city otherwise the boo birds might be there on monday night too and, uh, man, it is all bad in Arizona. The Cards shockingly released Eno Benjamin this week. I don't think anybody saw that coming. He was scooped up right away. And yeah. to me, dude, this team feels like they are on the precipice of a complete implosion. It seems like Kyler and Kingsbury aren't getting along. Kyler's probably not going to play in this one. I guess the best thing you could say about this team is um, Colt McCoy was good last week in beating yeah. those Rams. That might be a welcome distraction right now. Um, but Kyler... They're leading rusher, too. So there's a lot of problems in there. And, uh, you know, I don't know if Kingsbury was the guy or not, you know, and if this feud is brewing between him and Kyler, guess who's going to win that one? <laughs> it's going to be Kyler. It's the guy that's making over $100 million. If there's a bright spot, DeAndre Hopkins, since he's been back, he's really been tearing it up. He's got at least 90 yards in every game. And uh, Rondell Moore, dude, he had a season-high 94 yards last week. So he's looking for his fourth straight with over 65 um, plus yards. 
J.J. Watt had the sack and the force fumble, should have had the touchdown on that too. Yep. The Zebras blew it dead. The better that had that, I don't know if you saw this on FanDuel, it's like, dude, I got screwed out of the payday on this because they blew it dead. J.J. said, hit me up. I'll pay you that money that you should have won because it was a touchdown. So right. uh, there's nice pieces here, but I have zero faith in Kingsbury, and I'm just on the outsider looking in. If yeah. that's the feeling inside the organization, there's no way that you can move forward with him or Kyler. And like I said, who's going to get to stay? Cardinals, just, I mean, no one's running away with the West yet, but yeah. I don't see them beating the Niners. If they do, it's going to get gunky there. And it's going to get mucked up, which is the best they can hope for at this point. But, uh, dude, I just, you know, it just feels all bad there right now. Yeah, feels like if this is if this doesn't go the Cardinals way and it's a long shot, then it's going to be like, yeah, it's going to be a long season. Brutes, totes, <laughs> brutes. Oh, man, so many ways you can check out the football dudes. The Trend Zone, the podcast you listen to right now is available for a subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Like us, subscribe, leave us those sweet, sweet five-star reviews. Yeah, and also like us on Instagram and Facebook and follow us on Twitter at FootballNewsLA. Make sure you tag us across all those social media platforms. And while you're out there surfing, bros, just go over to footballdudes.com. So much information right there. You will love the time that you spend. That is going to do it for this episode of The Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football. We're the dudes that know football. For Dave, I'm Casey. Enjoy week 11, people. We are out of here. Thank you.